It is day two of Daf Chavhei. We are holding the Gemara Daf Chavhei on the Daf three lines down from the top of the page at the start of the Gemara, following the Mishnah that we learned yesterday. When we learned the Mishnah, we pointed out that in the province of Yehuda, the Mishnah said, Amea Oretz are trusted to keep their sacrificial wine and oil in a state of Tahara. And we said when we learned the Mishnah that Gemara would pick up on this. What does it mean in Yehuda? Not the rest of the land of Israel. So the Gemara says, Yehuda in of Only in Yehuda, only in the province of Judea. That's where we believe the Amearites over their sacrificial produce, but not in the Galilee, not in the Galil. My time, what's the reason? What's the difference between the Amearites who live in those different parts of Eretz Israel? Omrish Lokish Rish says, actually there's no difference between the Amearites who live in those different parts of Eretz Israel. In both parts, we believe them. But there's a practicality, there's a practical consideration here, which is There's a strip of Kuthian land owned by Kutim. In other words, we, that land is treated like it's owned by Eretz Ha'amim, it's land of the Gentiles. And that separates between these provinces. There's no way to get from the Galil to Yehuda without traveling through Kuti land. And since this strip of land is considered to be Eretz Ha'amim, the land of the nations, so there's a rabbinic decree that such land, we assume it has a level of ritual impurity. Because in those times... The nations of the world did not always mark the graves of their dead when they buried their dead. And therefore the land on which graves sat might have been ploughed and bone fragments might have been moved around. And therefore anywhere in those lands, a person could be stepping on or moving a part of a bone fragment, a part of a body of a corpse and become ritually impure. And therefore the rabbis decreed that anywhere in Eretz Amim or the land of the nations is considered on a rabbinic level to render a person ritually impure. And therefore, while the Amea Oretz, the Jewish ignoramuses who lived in that part of the Averit Israel, actually were considered to be the same as the Jewish Amea Oretz who lived in Yehuda. But from a practical standpoint, there's no point in talking about the Amea Oretz who live in the Galil because their produce, their wine and oil that they want to bring to the temple, they can't use it anyway on the altar to be sacrificed or to be offered up on the altar. Why? Because even if you took wine and assumed that it was ritually pure from the Galil, as soon as it crosses through this strip of land in between the Galil and Yehuda, it's going to become ritually impure because there's no way to get it through this strip of land and maintain its ritually pure state because that strip of land is entirely considered to be Tomei, ritually impure. And therefore, for this reason, the Mishnah doesn't make any mention of the Amayorit who live in the Galil because practically speaking, there's no way to get the produce from the Galil to the Beis Hamikdash, which is in the, in the strip in the, in the province of Yehuda without it becoming ritually impure. The Gemara asks, is that really the case? There's no way to get it from the Galil to Yehuda without becoming ritually impure. The Nesiv B'Shei the Teva Omigda. Why don't we bring it to the temple in a carriage, a trunk or a closet? In other words, put it in a box. Put it in something where it's sort of protected from ritual impurity. By forming an ohel, a roof between the ground and their interior, so these ways of transporting things would insulate their contents against the tumor of the land of the nations and make it possible to transport the wine or oil in a state of ritual purity. That's a rule of tumor. There are certain exceptions, but there's a rule that when a corpse or part of a corpse sits underneath an ohel, a roof, so the ohel acts as a barrier to the spread of tumor. So people, food or utensils found above the ohel will not contract corpse tumor because the ohel interposes between them and the corpse. So if the wine and oil of the Amoritz is inside a container, it should be protected from tumor. You should be able to take it from the Galil to Yehuda without becoming ritually impure. 
So the Gemara answers, Hamani, you know, because the author of our Mishnah is Rebihi. It's Rebi. The Omar Oel Zorag Lavshmeel. Rebi says that actually a moving oil is not considered to be an oil. He agrees that if you put something in a box which has an oil, then under certain circumstances it will protect the objects inside from becoming tummy, but not when it is moving. The Tani is we learn in the following Brysa. Someone who enters the land of the nations in a carriage, a trunk or a closet. Rebbe Matami. Rebbe rules him tummy because Rebbe holds that even though he's sitting inside a box and there's an oil above his head, nonetheless since it's moving it hasn't got the laws of an oil to protect the item inside from becoming tummy. No, look, the laws of Ohel are still in place even when the box is moving, and therefore he's still considered to be, or the object is still considered to be Tahar. And therefore, the Gemara says the author of our Mishnah is Rebbe, and Rebbe holds that it doesn't help to go inside a box because if the box is moving, it does not protect the item inside from becoming tummy. The Gemara persists, Why not bring it in an earthenware vessel that is closed all around with a sealed cover? Because we have a rule that an earthenware vessel can't acquire Tumas oil at least, except from inside it. So if the mouth of the utensil is, is stoppered, is blocked up, the Tumah cannot enter the utensil from the outside, and therefore its contents won't become tummy. So the Gemara says, why don't you transport Galilean wine and oil from Galil to Yehuda in this sort of utensil? That would definitely prevent their contamination with Tumas oil in the land of the nations, in this strip of land between the Galil and Yehuda. Amr Rebelezer, says, Shonin, the rabbis teach in a b'raisa, Ein ha-kodesh nitzol b'tamid patil. Kodesh cannot be saved from Tumah by means of an earthenware vessel in a, with a sealed cover. Even though that sort of utensil, that sort of vessel, will generally insulate its contents against Tumah, it will not do that if the contents are Kodesh. So the Gemara asks, Vahatanya, but how, wait a minute, is that true? Haven't we learned in a brysa, in chatas niteles patamid patil, that chatas water, in other words, spring water mixed with the ashes of the para aduma, is not saved from tumah by means of an earthenware vessel with a sealed cover. So in other words, the Gemara says, wait a minute, you've just told us that no kodesh can be saved from becoming richly impure inside an earthenware utensil that has been stopped up, that's been, that, that opening has been blocked up. But wait a minute, is that really the case? But we have this brysa that tells us that when it comes to spring water mixed with the ashes of the paraduma, that cannot be protected in an earthenware vessel that has a sealed block on it. But that implies that only the water mixed with the ashes of the paraduma, that cannot be protected from becoming richly impure inside an earthenware utensil that's had its opening stoppered up. The Mylafa Kodesh Nitzel, doesn't that imply that other forms of Kodesh can be saved in this way? In other words, the Gemara says, this Brisa tells us that the ashes mixed with the waters for the Para'aduma, that cannot be protected by an earthenware utensil that has got its opening stopped up. But that implies only that, which is a very elevated status and a very important type of Kodesh, that cannot be protected in this way. But maybe all other forms of Kodesh can be protected in this way. So the Gemara answers, no, that's not the implication from that statement in the Brisa. It, the implication is not that all other Kodesh can be protected in this way. Rather, the implication is, Rather, it means waters that are not prepared for purificatory use by being mixed with the ashes, those are saved from Tumor by means of an earthenware vessel with a sealed cover. 
It's not got any implications for Kodesh, only for the water that maybe you're going to use for the ashes of the Paraduma, but you haven't yet mixed with the ashes of the Paraduma. So when the Brisa says the ashes mixed with the waters for the Paraduma cannot be protected in this way, the implication is, oh, that can't be protected by an earthenware vessel with a stopper in it. But the water before it's been mixed can be protected. But when it comes to Kodesh in general, Kodesh in general has got the same law as the water mixed with the ashes of the Paraduma, which cannot be protected in this way. The Gemara continues with a different line of questioning. The Gemara said before that there's a strip of land that separates between the Galil and Yehuda, and therefore wine and oil cannot be transported from the Galil to the Beis Amikdash in Yehuda. But wait a minute, Vaham Ola didn't Ula say, Chavraya Madkan Begalila. That in the Galilee, there are Chaverim, people who are particular about the laws of Tumantara, who prepare wine and oil in the state of Tahara, so that they'll be ready to be used as sacrifices when the Beis Amikdash will be rebuilt. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, what is Ullah saying? They're preparing it now, presumably they're taking it to Jerusalem and they're leaving it there somewhere, so it'll be ready when Moshiach comes when the base Amigdash has been rebuilt. But wait a minute, if the way, if the derech from Galil to Yehuda is blocked by this path of Kutian land, it's going to render anything that passes through it, Tomei, so how are they preparing it now in the Galil and taking it to Yehuda, taking it to Jerusalem? Surely that should render it Tomei. So the Gemara answers, Manichin. No, they don't take it to Jerusalem. They leave it in the Galil. They're waiting. One day Eliyahu Anavi will come. He'll purify the strip of Kutian land by marking an uncontaminated path through it. And at that point, they'll take it from the Galil to Yehuda. Right now, it's in the Galil. They're preparing it in the Galil, but they didn't move it yet. Because if they move it, you're right. They'll become contaminated. But it's not like you understood that they leave it in Jerusalem after transporting it. That gave rise to the question, how do they move it? Surely it becomes Tomei. No, rather they leave it in the Galil, in a place, in a state of Tahara. And when Eliyahu Novi comes, the Moshiach comes, he'll show us how to move it from one place to the other. Or he'll purify that strip of land to make sure that it can be moved to Yehuda in a state of ritual purity. We can hold it for today. I wish you all a very good day.